Alright guys, welcome back to the Short Story Long Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Derrickson, joined by my co-host, Andrew Dial. What's up, guys? And we're back for another episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, again, please uh, share this podcast with someone you think might enjoy it. Uh, we'd like to get this podcast a little bit more reach, get it out to a few more people. So, uh, Also, if you would like to email us or get a hold of us, we're on Facebook. And also ask ASK short story long at gmail.com. So uh, just roll right into this. This episode, I think we're going to talk about selling stuff on Facebook Marketplace and otherwise. I've um, got a few stories for you as well as some tips and tricks. But first, I've got a few emails I'd like to read. Uh, so thanks, guys, for emailing in. Uh, one is from Travis Woods. Uh, he's a co-worker of mine. Yes, I have a funny story about that, by the way. So after this email, I'll let you tell your story. Um, good dude. Travis Woods here. Just want to say keep up the good work. Just listened to episode four, and it was fantastic. Love hearing stories about the cars and the people and dads behind all the madness. Since you mentioned your love for burnouts and threatening your CDL, maybe talk a little bit about getting pulled over and how you did or didn't get away with it, LOL. And I said, hey, glad you're enjoying it. Uh, are, are you, you know, elaborate a little bit, like what kind of episode are you suggesting? And he says, just dealer's choice. I enjoy all stories about getting pulled over. Being pulled over for burnouts would be icing on the cake. And knock on wood, I have not been pulled over for a burnout. Uh, that I can recall. So maybe we could do an episode in the future about like, what's your getting pulled over story? Maybe you're at it. I've been with you twice when you got pulled over. I know. Yes. You were well in the vehicle once and then no, no, I was in the vehicle twice. Okay. Well, we'll have to save that for whatever episode that is. So When we were at the hospital in your Dodge truck and you told the officer to enlighten you, what? I don't remember. Do you know why I pulled you over? You go, enlighten me. Oh, was that, like, was oh. A, that was a Jeff Derrickson comment for sure. Uh, you had clearly ran a stop sign, which is not why he pulled you over. I don't think it was something else. I okay, okay. But uh, And then leaving the Gabby Go, you swerved into the other lane because you were just driving like an idiot. And I was like, whatever you do, don't tell me you're putting your seatbelt on because my brother got a ticket pulling out O'Reilly's, went into the other lane, he said, well, I was just putting my seatbelt on. They said, well, you're supposed to have your seatbelt on before, you, before leave. you leave and gave him a ticket. And so I told you, I was like, don't tell him you were putting a seatbelt on. We got pulled over. He goes, what were you doing? You swore me You're like, I was just putting my seatbelt on. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? That sounds like something I would do. I was like, I literally told him. The guy's like, well, you should have had your seatbelt on already. And of course, Sam's like mouthing off like, oh, what you going to do about it? You know, and I'm like, I, well, we're going to jail. And he's like, you know, your windshield's broke. Yep. <laughs> no ticket no ticket either time all actually all three times i've been with you pulled over no ticket thank the lord baby jesus so, so tell me your travis wood story well it's just i i wasn't even there so anything i say is is just uh word of mouth and me elaborating and we had cut out a metal sign for him uh, through our sign business and i wasn't there but he came and picked it up and he said yeah i work with sam and and, you know, the conversation got going about, oh, well, they got a podcast. Have you heard of it? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan. You know, I listen to every episode. I'm sure my wife was just rolling her eyes, you know. My dang husband was like, how's it feel, honey? Quit like, encouraging him, yeah, I'm sure basically. she was thinking. And I was like, how's it feel? She's like, what do you mean, how's it feel? I was like, you people know you because of my podcast. Oh, my God. And she's just like, uh Save it. Save yeah, it. Yeah, basically. Well, thanks, Travis. Uh, so, we appreciate you. Huge, and huge appreciate shout you, out. You know, 
pumping me up to my wife. So uh, he needs all the help he can get yeah. there. So I got another one here from John Russell. Uh, he was uh, in response to the episode five for how to get a deal on marketplace okay, tips. Okay. Um, he said the deals are out there and you would think cash is king, but man, I've lost out on a few amazing deals because of online money transfers like Venmo, etc. So I totally would agree with him here um, okay. because he sent me a really, really good deal on a roadrunner that he found. And, uh, he was like, Hey, I'd like to come and I'd like to come and see it. I'll get there whatever day. And, uh, you know, I can, I don't remember exactly the whole situation, but, uh, Someone, like he was asking 10 grand for it. And the dude got a Venmo for 11 grand, like in 15 minutes. Cause I mean, it was a $20,000 car or whatever, but okay. um, anyway, so I mean, that does make sense. I can there, see that. Yeah. There's a lot to be said about that. But he said on the flip side, when I bought my Chevelle, my wife asked me how much money I was pulling out of the bank. I said none. And her head almost exploded. You mean to tell me you have that kind of money just laying around she was a little pissed, but now she accepts that I always have "quote unquote" swap meet money, just in case I come across a great deal. So my tip is, if there's a chance you're going to need a second driver, and it's your wife, <laughs> maybe let them know that you have some extra money tucked away. I'm not saying tell them you've been hiding money, but maybe that you've been "quote unquote" saving money for just such an occasion. So. Thanks for that tip, John. I would agree with you there. That's a good one. Um, yeah, because the, the shock factor is there because it, it's happened with me with, with my girlfriend too. She's like, w excuse me? Like, how much money did you pay for this? How much did this cost? Like, oh, it wasn't too much. And and she's just always, you know, she doesn't she doesn't see the big picture. Like, uh, you know, boss man will say, it doesn't matter what you paid for it. It matters what you can sell it for. So. Yes. I mean, if you're going to turn a profit, it doesn't really matter what you spend on it as long as you can turn that profit. So. Well, I remember the first couple times, you know, I'm the type of guy, if I find a deal, I'll leave work and go get it. And my wife will go to work that morning, especially when we, we, we've worked together the last two years. But when we used to not work together, she'd come home from work and there'd be a new vehicle in the driveway. And she'd be like, I just really wish you would, you know, you need to talk to your wife before you buy vehicles. I was like, honey, when it's a deal, I'm, there's, there's no, no time. talking. There's no time. And I finally got her to the point where she's like, I, at least just give me a heads up so I don't come home and be surprised. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, I can do just, that. But just like, so you know. But like, I'm, I'm not asking you like, because it's happening. Yeah. But if you want a heads up so you're not surprised when you get home, okay. That, that's, that's a good common ground. So, so she's got to the point that, uh, I don't remember, we sold sold my red Jeep after buying my orange Jeep. And I said, should we put all this money in the bank? And she's like, well, put this much money in and keep this much money at home. We never know when you might find a deal. And I was like, now we're talking. You're training her. Yes. You're training her. Uh, so that's an episode I'd like to do. Like uh, basically car guys and wives of car guys. Mm -hmm. um, so I've already invited my girlfriend to be on for that episode. She respectfully or disrespectfully declined if that's a thing uh <laughs> but i think laren's on board maybe mm -hmm. yeah I think um, she would. and i invited uh my girlfriend's mom to be on because she's married to a car guy and she is a car girl and she raised a car a whole bunch of she got three car girls in her family and uh she's she's got almost as many cars as gary has and i mean 
I think it'd be a cool dynamic to talk about, you know, some of the old stories that, that she's got of, you know, when they were doing car stuff when they were our age and then what it's like just waking up in the morning and there's a new car in the driveway or whatever. So yes. that'd be a cool episode, but we got to, we got to work that, on that. That could happen. I'm sure we got to work on having more guests down here. So, so do we have Laren and, uh, Amanda's mom separately or in the same episode? Same episode. Okay. Same episode. Um, and then last one here is from Andrew Frenfrock. He says, great show, guys. Found it today and listened to the first four episodes in one day. Now that's dedication. I think I grew up next to Andrew Frenfrock. So you got to be pretty dedicated or really bored. Either way, we appreciate you listening. He says, uh, a thought for future discussion would be thinking in a general tool slash equipment sense, what items do you think a person should bring along on a road trip or to a car show? Like specifically radar detector, jacks, hand tools, etc. Again, awesome show. Look forward to more episodes. Uh, so thank you, Mr. Andrew for that feedback. That would be a really good episode. Andrew is currently writing that down as we speak to put on our list of stuff we want to talk about. That, I think that would be a fun one. Talk about stuff that we don't never leave home without or whatever. Um, that would be a pretty cool episode. So yeah, I think I I think I grew up one street over from Andrew Friendrock, and I do remember him always having some cool cars. Yeah, yeah. And so he's Andrew, three, if you're four years old, older than I am. Yeah, Andrew, if you're listening to this, uh, give us an email. Tell us uh, how you met Dozer. And uh, tell us uh, about your car collection. The fat little neighborhood. The fat little neighborhood. Yeah. So, yeah. Give us a give us a shout. Tell us uh, what kind of cars you have in your collection currently, or whatever. What if you want to be on the show. Yeah, I mean, we'll whatever. have. I mean, I've got two extra mics sitting down here, just waiting on a guest. So, um, let's just get into today's meat and potatoes. Uh, we're gonna do tips for actually selling. Yes, we've done tips on buying on marketplace. We're going to do tips on selling on Marketplace. Sounds good, because I have a truck right now that's not selling. And, I mean, what better way to help me do this podcast than by actually trying to sell something? So um, there's a lot of things here that we could go over, but we're just going to give you some brief, broad brushstrokes on this. Um, obviously, there's tons of room for nuances and things of that we can get a lot more detailed in, but we're going to give you the broad strokes. So what's your first one? Dose? So the first one is less is more. Okay. So elaborate on that a so little bit. So I, I'm going to compare this. I, I learned this lesson selling my Ford Ranger. So instead of being vague, I was like, I'll just put all the info out there. It'll save all the questions. If someone's interested, they'll just buy it. And so if I remember correctly, it had a power steering pump whine. I put two new power steering pumps on it. They both whined. Apparently, that is a Ford thing. Ford oh power my steering God. pumps. You whined. can hear it from a mile away. At least I can. I can hear it because I grew up with a Ford Windstar with the same power steering whine, and it's on every, I'd say, mid 90s to early 2000s Ford. Just something about their design, it just had a distinct whine to it. And the throwout bearing made noise when you push the clutch in. It yep. still worked and everything. It just kind of made a or however, you know how the throwout bearings be. Yeah. So I put that in there and the carpet was completely ruined in it. The person before me, I don't know what happened, but it was ruined. Mm -hmm. So I put carpets ruined. I 
Um, I listed all those issues on there, had no hits at all, hardly. No hits at all. Which, and, in our opinion, there was too much information. Right. I had another thought I was trying to write down here um, for this episode where we were talking about that, but maybe it'll come back to me. So, anyway, basically what he's trying to get at is he listed all of this these issues with the vehicle and it basically turned off all the, the potential buyers because they started reading all this information and they were immediately turned off. And you've seen the ads on Facebook before they list every little thing like I bought this and I did this with it and I did this with it. And the mechanic said it needed this. And then I put tires on it and then the oil change was last week. And it's just like, you get sick of reading after too much. Yeah. And I, I think they just discount it right away and like, Oh, this has problems next. Yep. So I think it was Cody or maybe you was like, you need to put less information. Mm -hmm. So I took all the information off, put all the just good on there, made it real vague. And I'm not saying lie to people. If people ask, tell them, or you can tell them right away. And this guy from Indianapolis or Terre Haute or something messaged me. Does it have, that's the first question. Does it have any issues? Yes. Power steering pump whines. Throughout bearing makes a little noise. The clutch was new, but throughout bearing makes a noise. And uh, carp, is carp is ruined. Yep, not a big deal. All Fords make power steering wine noise. I don't care about the car bit. You know, throughout bearings, whatever. I want it. And that was like that easy. the first person that talked to me about it after that. And that was after maybe a month of having it for sale. Yep. So... Uh, I would say the less is more, um, as far as at least bad news goes, maybe even good news. So Uh, I, am trying to think now going back, I had, I don't remember who was selling something, but it was almost laborious to read the whole ad because it was like, this is new. I replaced this. I replaced this. I replaced this. This needs, this needs some attention. This will be good for another so-and-so. Um, the interior is this color. The radio is this, the seats are this, the tires are this, the wheels are this, it's got this, it's got that. And it's like 27 lines of all these features. And it was to the point where people would just stop reading the ad before they got down to the bottom where it said, you're no, you're flexible on price and you'll, you want $5,000 or whatever for it. And I don't remember, like I said, who was selling it, but it was like, don't put all that information in the ad. Just put basically the bare minimum and say it's in good shape and has lots of new parts. You don't have to say every new part you put on it. Just say lots of new parts. If the guy cares, he'll message you. What new parts does it have? And then you can get specific with him because the communication in the actual you know seller to buyer communication the more you can put in there, the more the buyer is likely to, you know, believe what you have to say and, and trust you as a seller. Right. And I, I think too, the more questions they have to ask, the more you talk, the more invested they get in this. And like, well, I've already talked to this dude this long. I might as well go look at it. Whether it's and, intentional or unintentional. And, and I find it very frustrating when there's so much information, you have nothing to ask the seller. Right. Yeah. And the only thing you really have to say is I want it and I do want it, but I don't really, I can't make the decision. You know, I haven't made up my mind, but I want to talk to the seller 
to let them know I'm interested, kind of get in line. But like, what do you say when all the information's on there? What do you talk to them about? Yeah, for sure. Because there's, there's, I mean, in a buying and selling process, there's, there's some back and forth that inevitably has to happen. And, you know, you don't just want to come out and say, I'll take it as a buyer. Cause in the previous episode about getting a deal, that's mm-hmm. a no, no, you know? Yes. So at some level you need to leave a little bit of mystery there for them to fill in the blanks in their own head. Though I did want to tell a story I forgot about on that last one. My father-in-law, when we were talking about negotiations, we went and looked at a backhoe, looked at the backhoe, slaps it on the fender, goes, I'll take it. What's your bottom dollar? <laughs> and then the dude came down a thousand dollars. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, what just happened? How did, how did that even happen? Yes. I That's don't know. Awesome. I'll take it. What's your bottom dollar? Yeah. The cake got a thousand dollars off after that. Like, how does that work? I don't know. I don't but, know. So talking about that, uh, as far as, you know, less is more is as far as, you know, if your ad isn't working, delete it, delete your pictures, take different, different new pictures, pictures. Try to stage it, put it out in some grass. I always like to take pictures of my stuff next to my pond or my woods. Uh, I feel like just pictures in a parking lot or pictures in front of a building don't look good. Don't use don't use pictures just from your phone that are Snapchats. You see people all the time have like Snapchat captions on their pictures. Oh, I hate that. Uh, I hate put that. some effort into it, you know. Uh, don't be lazy about it. Which, which I'm to the point now on my silver truck. Um, this weekend I'm going to get new pictures of it and I'm going to delete the ad for, I don't know, the whole weekend. And then next week. And if you delete the ad, they can't see that you lowered the price. So they won't beat you up as bad. It might think it's a new deal out there. Um, that's just another option. So you can always, uh, and then another thing as far as not adding information in is, uh, if you get asked the same question over and over and over and over again, you can probably put that in the ad. Right. Uh, I, when I was trying to sell my red Jeep, I forgot to put the mileage, the how many miles is on it. And dude, for two days straight, how many miles, how many miles, how many miles? And then after I told him it was 240,000, I got ghosted. So I was like, okay, I'm putting the mileage in. I didn't leave it out on purpose, but. You just kind of forgot. Right. To I figured if, if I can get people talking to me, usually if you can get people talking, you kind of start building a relationship and stuff and, and they start getting invested. But I got tired of getting ghosted. So I, put the mileage in there and you know, that stopped any BS stuff. A lot of people won't respond to, is this available? But you know, I would say there's a percentage of time that that person is interested. Yeah, for sure. So that's happened to me three times on this truck. I've probably had a dozen. Is this available? The automated, you know, response or whatever. But luckily Facebook gives you an automated response for the automated message. If they message you, is this available? And you open the message. There's a little button that says, yeah, it's available. You click on that. And then if they choose to respond then they choose to respond And three times, I've had somebody message me further beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep getting a low ball offer. Like what's your bottom dollar? What's your, what's the lowest you'll take? Yeah. That's what I hate. And, uh, well, I've got 10 grand cash today. Like, well, I'm sorry. That's not going to buy it. I well, want to have a little and- bit more. My, my least favorite thing is what's, what's your, what's your cash money price? Like how else did you think you were paying for this? Yeah. Uh, I had one guy, I forgot what I was selling. He goes, what's your cash price? 
And I, and I actually came down a little bit because I was flexible. And then he goes, okay, what's your Venmo? I'll send the money now. Like, that's not cash. That's definitely not cash. That's not cash. So yeah. I think I sent you that. that uh, you sent me the screenshot. screenshot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, this, like, that's not cash. It's not, that's not $100 bills. So I've, like, side note, I've, you know, being in the sales, I get that sometimes from certain customers. They'll be like, how much? is 2,500 water bottles. And you'll be like, they're this much. Okay, we want 100, but we want the 2,500 price. Like, no, that's not how this works. Yeah, because, and and I had to explain that to a couple people for your profession. Like, how much is a whatever it is? Like, it's probably going to be like $75. Well, what do you mean? Well, they have to buy a case of whatever, and then there's a $25 setup fee, and there's a $15 art fee, and then you have the price of the, the thing, and then there's the embroidery fee. So, you know, it's $60 for one, or it's $75 for 20 of them. Like, yeah. take your take your pick. Yeah, and I literally got to a point one time I sent a customer a breakdown of fixed cost versus variable cost. And they still don't understand. Yeah, well, I know economics. I understand the difference. Like, well, that's what we're dealing with here. And then they kind of get sour with you. But anyway, um, so what's next here? Same question. I would say, too, if you're not getting hits on your item, uh, especially if you get into a situation where you're wanting to move it and you price it cheap, a lot of people will view that price as it's a lower quality or there's something wrong with it. Yeah, so do not price your stuff too low. Don't price it too low. I was selling my F-250 or the V-10 back in 2012 when gas was, you know, four, $4 a gallon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted it gone. And I it's a real nice truck, Lariat leather, which I'd like $4 gas right now. Again. Yeah, well, $4 goes a lot less further than it did back then. Right. $4 gas was way more expensive then than it is now. True. So anyway. I priced it probably $2,500 under market value because I was getting married. I was buying a house. I wanted it gone. And every, I would say every person that didn't ask if it was a diesel. If, if the person, you know, I got a lot of, is this diesel? Is this diesel? No, it says right in the ad, V10 gas. But every other person said, the first thing is they would say is, what's wrong with it? Because they assumed being the low price that there had to be an issue. Yes. Because it looked, it was a beautiful truck. Yes. So when you see a low price vehicle and you see exterior wise, it looks beautiful. Like, oh, well, there's got to be. Something wrong with it. And yeah. I, I realized that as a thing because when I was looking for that V10, I found a four-door, four-wheel drive, crew cab, dually Chevy pickup that had a 6.5 in it with a five-speed, and it was a really good deal. And I was like, I'm not buying a, I'm not buying a $4,500 truck. Like, I need something reliable. Right. And that truck may have been just fine. But I, I think the V10 was more money and had more miles on it, but I bought it because it was more money, so it's got to be a nicer truck. So I learned that lesson personally when I had my SRT 10 Viper truck at a 2005 quad cab Viper truck. And I had it for like two years. And, uh, that was one of the ones I got pulled over in a couple times. <laughs> and, uh, I was time, you know, time to move on. It had a little bit, it was getting to that point where if I drove it anymore, I'd really start depreciating the value. 
Um, I had my fun with it. It was trying to get something else and I, I, I regret it now. I wish I still had it, but, uh, I listed it for 18,500 because I paid 20 grand for it. And I felt like I had, you know, $1,500 worth of fun and I was willing to take that hit on it. And I didn't, if I got one message, I'd be surprised, but I had it for sale for like a month and couldn't get anybody to, to, to bite on it. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get anybody even interested in it to even lowball me. Cause I'd have probably took, you know, 17, five for it. And, uh, I, I got fed up with it and we had had the discussion about it's price too low. Like, well, like basically get online and see what other ones are selling for and go a little bit above the middle. So like if they're anywhere from like right now, like my truck, they're anywhere from 10 grand to 16 grand. So I listed it for 14,750 and I've come down since then trying to get it moved, but you can always lower your price. You can never raise it. So I took it off for about three weeks. I had it detailed. Kyle detailed it for me. And then I paid Brock Holsty, I think like 50 bucks he's got like a super fancy camera. He's a really good photographer and does the edits and stuff. And we went around and like we were saying earlier, don't just take pictures in a parking lot. I think we went to like a railroad trestle and we went to like the boat ramp at Lake Sarah. And we went to like the old state police, uh, uh, the little shooting range thing they have mm-hmm. over in Hartville and just like some kind of burnt out warehouses and stuff. And just took these, I mean, honestly, awesome pictures of it. And uh, I reposted it for 21,000 and had like 15, uh, 15 or 16 messages right away. I mean, within a couple weeks. And uh, I think within two weeks, I had a guy come and pay me 20 grand cash for it. And I mean, I, I had it listed for 1,500 less than I, than I ended up taking for it after I raised the price by four grand. Right. You know? Well, on my V10, I had it listed for $5,000. I paid seventy-five dollars for it, I think. Yep. And I raised the price to $7,500 and sold it for like six. Yeah. Which you is know, more like than, the next day. Yeah. And actually, I sold that to a farmer over by Vandalia. Do you still have it? Yeah. He came in Jedco like six months ago and was looking for me because that was when I was doing the metal thing, so I wasn't there. Yep. And he told my dad to thank me for that truck because it's been the best truck he's ever owned. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. I don't, I'm trying to think if I've ever had somebody after the fact, a long ways, thank me for selling him something. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I have, you know, at some point in time, but I've had a lot of people directly after the fact, but never, you know, four or five years later, Mm -hmm. which probably most of them don't even have the vehicle or whatever anymore anyway. So, what else we got here? Well, hey, how do you react to will you hold it? So it, it depends. It depends a lot on the item and it depends a lot on my interaction with the particular individual. If I've got and and my interest in the item. So if I've got a million people blowing up my phone, I'm going to be a lot less apt to hold it for somebody than if I've got only a couple people and I've, I've got when I'm selling something a lot smaller, like not even vehicles, like I've got a Jeep bumper and some wheels and tires and just random shit for sale. It depends on the person and it depends on 
the engagement I've had. So it basically, I will hold it as, you know, I would lean more towards holding it than not holding it. Um, it's just more of a case by case thing. So like my pickup truck, I'll probably not hold it. The first guy here with cash, he gets it. Um, on the wheels and tires I was selling, it was kind of the same deal. I wanted them gone. I wanted them the hell out of my way. And I was willing to take less money than I was asking for them. And I had a couple people message me on them and like wanted to know offset. And it was incredibly boomer of me, but I told the guy, I don't know how to measure for offset. I can Google it, but I'm not really interested. Like I know what offset is, but I'm 32 years old. I'm not a stance guy. I can tell you the rim width and the backspacing. You can figure it out from there if it'll work for your application. And that guy was like, well, can you hold it until next weekend till I can get here? And then the very next day I had a guy that said, you know, if, if you'll take 150, I'll be there tonight. Well, guess who got him? The guy with 150 yeah. bucks. Um, and then the, the 15s that I sold, um, this is all recently when I cleaned out the storage unit. Um, it was a friend of mine said, Hey, I want them and I can't get there till whenever. And if I know you, I'll absolutely hold it for you because you know, I'm going to do a, a, a buddy, a favor mm-hmm. more than just some random guy on Facebook because in the past, in my younger years, you know, especially something that's a little bit more value, I'll hold it and the guy doesn't show up. And then you've already pissed off two or three people. Right. Like I, I, I've already got a guy coming for it. Well, the guy that said he's coming didn't come and you could have had it sold three times. Um, so it's almost like a karma thing. Um, depend, like I said, if it's some like young thug or something, he's got a bunch of, you know, crappy, you know, gang sign pictures on his profile or whatever, be less apt to than, you know, a nice older guy or something like that. And, and like I said, it's like karma. When I bought my, my pickup truck, that, that, uh, convertible, uh, D 50, that guy told me, I, I said, you know, I'm willing to send you money to hold it. And he said, Nope, I'm a man of my word. If you say you're coming, I trust that you're a man of your word. I believe you're come. And that really was kind of, it meant a lot to me because I've had tons of people say, Hey, I'll be there. I'll come to get it. And they never show up. Like I've had three people on my truck say, I'm going to come tonight or whatever. And then just, Oh, I got busy or, or don't even, you know, just ghost me. And then I've had a couple guys come and look at it. Like, yeah, I'm going to go to the bank tomorrow and I'll be back. And they haven't been back. So just, just one of those things. What do you say when someone asks if you'll hold it? I think it's a depends thing. Um, I'll preface this conversation. I want to go back to like the cash money part. If someone lowballs you and you're willing to take it, I always preface the yes, I'll do that deal with how long would it be before you could get it? Okay. Because I've had several times, will you take, you know, asking 150, will you take a hundred? Yes, I will. Okay. I'll be there in three weeks. Like, and then when you sell to somebody else, they're like, we made a deal. Like, no, that's not how it works. Yeah. So yeah, if if you're, if you're not going to hold it, always be straight up with the guy. Yeah. And, and even if you're, gonna hold it or even if you even if it's not a hold situation even if you're gonna take a lower price always ask how long until you're gonna come get it sure so 
my big thing too is if I can talk to the person on the phone or if they're willing to put a deposit down. So How do you take your deposits? Just PayPal, Venmo, however. I usually on bigger stuff try to get like 10%. Smaller stuff, maybe half or the full amount. Okay. So that would be where I'm at there. It just all kind of depends, like you said, the vibe I'm getting. I had just recently, I'm trying to sell a 3.8 out of a Jeep Wrangler. Yep. I had a guy message me. I will 100% take this. I said, okay, well, I need a deposit. Okay, I can have, I'll have the money for the deposit in a week. I'll have the rest of the money for the motor in three weeks. Mm, so a week, okay. a week comes around. He met, dude, this guy messaged me every day almost. Well, like, that's, communication that's good. Communication was there. That's good. So it always, uh, I want it. Um, I'll, I want this motor. I'll be there. And, you know, I said, what about your deposit? I'll have the money in a week. I'll be there in three weeks. And this went on for two months. Jesus. And, but he was still communicating a lot. So finally I'm like, he's like, do you still have this? Like, I noticed it's still listed for sale. I told you I wanted it. I said, yes, I still have it. I said, I will not hold it until you give me a deposit. And he goes, well, you know, does it have any knocks? Does it burn any oil? I said, no, 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 no. You told me no less than 10 times you're taking this. Like we're past this point. Like I'm holding this for you. This motor is yours. And he goes, well, you know, I'm putting this in my vehicle. I, I need to know if it's good. And I said, if you want something with a guarantee, buy a reman. He says, well, I don't have the money for a reman. Boom, blocked in. Done with it. Done with him. Okay. So. Do you still have the motor? I still have the motor. But don't tell me you're going to take it 10 times and then when it, and then be a month past your date, you're going to take it and then start trying to haggle with me. Yeah. Like, that's not how it happens. So I, I, yeah, that, that happens from time to time. I got a, I got a Snapchat the other day from a customer that was selling something on Facebook and he sent me a screenshot or whatever. And, uh, I'm trying to find it right now, but basically he answered a question and the, the, the guy looking to buy it asked him something stupid. And he was like, Nope, you're blocked. I, I don't deal with stupid questions or something like that. And I'm like, man, I can put up with a lot of stupid questions if you're going to pay me. So, And I, I would. I, I, this isn't on my list, but this is something I thought of. Uh, once or twice I've had where people are almost insulting with offers and stuff. Uh-huh. So the last one was a Jeep transmission. Had it listed for 1000 Mm-hmm. Guy says, are you firm on price? I said, no, I'm, I'm a little flexible, which I was. Would you take $300? And the, I found that insanely insulting because I'd already sold a Jeep transmission just like it for $1,000. Yep. And the girl sold it to a young lady in Tennessee or whatever, and she told me it was the cheapest one she found. Mm-hmm. So I just said, no, I won't take that. And then where do you go? Well, what would you take? Well, then that's kind of like an extreme anchor then they're automatically going to get your best price. Yep. So I just said, well, I'm just not that flexible. Well, I ended up selling it to him for basically full price. Yeah. And so I would just say if someone's like insulting or something, you know, just try to hide your feelings, you know, you know, suppress them and just do business and negotiate because I ended up selling that transmission for essentially what I wanted out of it. So I have one here. Um, Oscar on my truck 
only message says, 10,000, I'll go for it today. And I said, sorry, can't take that. And he said, well, 10's all I have. <laughs> Find some more money. So that was one. And then I had another guy, is there anything wrong with it? Which in my ad, it says couple minor issues, blah, blah, blah. And I have a like copy and paste, like there's a crack in the windshield, some dings and scrapes, this 10-year-old truck, get used to it. Any rust, there's a tiny little bit, blah, blah, blah. What's the lowest you'd take? And I told him I bought a dollar and said, I appreciate the info. I'll thank you and get back with you. Um, then a ton of the, is this available? And then I just do the canned response. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's available or whatever. And they don't ever message me back. Sure, it was just a slip of the finger or whatever. And then, is this still available? What's wrong with it? 10K question mark. Can't go that low. Sorry, K. Um, so it happens a lot. People, you know, come up with a, a, a low ball offer, and I try not to be offended. Um, I had a guy offer me a $4,000 motorcycle, which that's wholesale. I don't know what retail is, probably closer to six. Um, but to him, it's worth his whole freaking life as a, like a 2006 Harley Davidson mm-hmm. and nothing against Harley people, but some of them are I get Harley trade offers all the time on stuff. So it's going into winter and here's my thing. It's going into winter. If, if you're, if you are the one offering a trade, then you have to be willing to take a hit on your offer because I didn't ask you for your trade. I said, I'm open to trades, not that I'm looking to trade. So if you're going to trade me something, it's got to be worth more than what mine's worth or I'm going to need cash on top. That's just, that's just how trades work. That's how, in my mind, that's how they're always supposed to work. And so a guy messaged me, would you be interested in a bike? I said, sure. You know, tell me more about the bike. He tells me the details. I got a good friend uh, who works at the Harley Barn who buys and sells motorcycles. He told me it's a four to $5,000 motorcycle at best at wholesale and uh so that's kind of what i based it off of and i asked him you know how much cash he put on top and he says nothing just the bike and i i didn't even message him back like i'm not i'm not going to insult your bike and tell you that it's only i mean i kb beat it or whatever the the nada on it was like 7 grand at full retail maybe and you know this this guy I'm sure he was in love with it. It was his baby or whatever. I'm not going to insult him and tell him that his bike's only worth half of what he thinks it's worth. But I just didn't even respond, and he never messaged me back, and I never messaged him back. So Yeah, and people, I've noticed the, the bike guys get kind of shitty with you, you know. Well, why don't you want it? I said, I, I don't even I don't even have. A, well, why don't you want it? Why yeah, are you trying to exactly. trade? Exactly. Well, I don't I don't even have a motorcycle license, dude. Well, you should get one. Motorcycles are awesome. You know, and they're just like, why don't you want this? And you know that, well, my wife, my wife wouldn't let me have it. You know, I just don't want it, but I'm trying to be nice. Well, my wife, well, I'd get a new wife. Like, really? You're the one trying to get rid of your motorcycle. I even there for a while. I put no motorcycles Yeah. in, in my ad because when you're trying to sell a Jeep, dude, motorcycle trade offers are thick. And, and it's, have a you sp- notice that or no? Oh, oh, for sure. Absolutely. And four wheelers and just all kind of shit. And it, and it, basically comes down to these guys have a motorcycle and it's coming into winter. They probably don't have a place to store it. And they're thinking, Oh, I probably should get rid of this before winter time. Well, bad news. It's just like a boat. The best time to buy it is the worst time to sell it. And that's right now. So 
like I said, you're coming at me with a trade offer. You better be willing to pony up some extra cash or have a trade offer that's worth more than what I'm trying to sell. Because two in the hand or one in the hand, two in the bush, whatever, like I would rather have 10,000 cash than a $12,000 motorcycle. Right. In the middle of winter. So. My next one is follow up with people. Uh, I don't necessarily maybe use this as much as I should, but I was looking to buy a camper shell for my Ford Ranger. And I messaged the guy, yeah, I probably want it. You know, I'll get a hold of you when I can get it. And then I just got lazy, didn't want to go get it, blah, blah, blah. Well, the guy. Now, this is you as a buyer? This is me as a buyer. The guy, the guy, you know, after two or three days, I didn't tell him I'd take it. I don't really do that. But, you know, I'd message him. I was interested. And I was pretty much over it. Like, I don't want to mess with it. I don't really need a camper shell. Well, he messaged me and was like, hey, like, do you still want this? Just kind of following up. We'd talk. You seem interested. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, yeah, I'll take it. And I think you could probably use that too. You know, if someone's talking to you a bunch, just follow up with them and maybe re reignite that spark. And that works in sales too. You know, I've got a lot of people you send a quote to and don't hear from for three weeks and then you just follow up with them. Yeah, yeah, I need to get them ordered. Go ahead. Yeah. So. Um, we, we all get busy. Yes. So. My, my biggest number one thing about selling stuff, my biggest hand, Cody says Sam is not good at this. Okay. So, is be available. Okay. Uh, I will leave my kids' birthday. I left Easter one year to sell my wife's car. I will leave my kids' birthday to sell something. I, I am on, if I'm selling something and you're wanting to buy it, I am on your schedule. I will take off work. I'll do anything. And Cody always makes a joke. Sam's like, oh, you're interested in it? Uh, I'm available three Sundays from now from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. It's probably not that bad, but that's like not, Cody's but, joke. But. but, I mean, you guys can eat shit because <laughs> you guys work in town. And Cody's even worse than you. He doesn't even go to work most days. And he has the flexible schedule. If a guy messages me at... 11 a.m. on Monday and says, I'll take this. Can you meet me at noon? Like, well, I'm an hour and a half from town for work. No, I can't. And that makes me a bad seller <laughs> because I can't just instantly teleport an hour and a half away from where I am in less than an hour. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So anyway, that's my excuse. Well, I've got a little you, bit more flexible you, schedule. You can argue that, I mean, if I'm... You know, if it's a Saturday and I'm busy doing something like fun or whatever, like if, if I'm out car cruising on a Saturday, like if we're out in the car and I'm down at, I don't know, Verina maybe, I don't know, just 30 minutes away and a guy's like, are you available this afternoon? Like, mm, no, I'm having too much fun cruising my car. Like I will, I will admit to being guilty of that, but most <laughs> of the time it's, and, and it's happened a few times on like this bumper I'm selling and like the truck I'm selling. Like, can you meet me today? Can you, can you meet me right now? No, it, I have a job. Like, like you and boss man excluded, like who, like who can just leave work to go sell something? Not many people, not many people who draw a paycheck. <laughs> I think that's where the gotcha is. People who draw a paycheck. They're, Probably a lot of people 
sitting at home maybe trying to sell stuff. I don't know. Or or that's people sitting at home trying to buy stuff is what it is. Like how how do you expect me at two o'clock on a Thursday to meet you to sell something? I I don't know. But anyway, that's not a tip. That's just a rant. But trying I'm hoping to get them going a little bit better. Yeah. Well, kind of t- struck a nerve there. Maybe a little bit. But anyway, try to be available as best you can. But it goes down to the desperate thing. Like, I, I don't want to seem too desperate to sell it because then maybe they're going to tr- try and lowball me too much. Fair mm, sure enough. And that might be a total, you know, misinterpretation of it by me. But I don't know. Like, it's also in the verbiage, too. Like, when can you meet? Like, well, what works best for you? Not saying that I'll do anything that's best for you, but right. now we can start working our way down to a meeting time, maybe. Um, what about meeting halfway? Like to drive? Yeah. So that it would, it would depend. It would depend on... Kind of like holding it. Yeah. So I, I did this with the, with, the, with the Corvette. I traded the MJ mm-hmm. for the Corvette. And he thought he was screwing me, and I thought <laughs> you that I was him. screwing him. But turns out we were screwing each other. So, <laughs> um, But, I, I mean, I was willing to, to do that at that point in time. I think that's really the only time I've met halfway. Um, maybe I should be more flexible on this, but it would have to be a really, really good deal for me. Like, and, and maybe this is bougie as hell of me to say, but like, if I'm selling a $200 Jeep bumper or whatever... I'm not driving a fucking Matt tune to, to give it to you. Like, if you want it, you can drive to Effingham to get it. Like, I'm not meeting you. Like, it's going to cost me $50 in gas to screw around by the time I'm. it's all said and done to drive to Matt tune. Like, it's just, it's not like my time and my gas is worth a lot more than nothing. So, I'm not going to meet you for that. But, like, if I had a guy, if I had a guy... And and I and I've offered this. I've never actually done it. I've offered it plenty of times. If I had a guy, say in Chicago, that wanted my truck, and wanted me to meet him in Champagne, I'd say send me a five hundred dollar non refundable deposit. I'll be there whenever we can meet. Right. I would I would do that in a heartbeat. To to make twelve grand, I'm there. But to make a hundred dollars, it's not worth my time. Yeah, I think it depends on the amount. Like say I I I delivered my M ten oh nine. Yep. Just to make the deal happen. I sold a tractor to a guy up by Shelbyville. He actually came to me, showed up with a newer Jeep Grand Cherokee with a little like Rural King trailer. Nice. And it was a bigger tractor with a loader and stuff. And he's like, yeah, I, I want it, but I can't get it I don't home. think I can tow this home with this. You know, I really did not expect this to be this big. <laughs> and Didn't I, do his research. I said, and he was the first guy that came and looked at it. Yep whatever loser like he's like well i guess i'll have to find a truck and see if i can borrow a trailer like you know get out of my face mm-hmm. so like two months goes by i haven't sold this tractor i'm like Damn it. like nobody's even came and looked at it so i messaged the guy and actually his wife was messaging me i was like hey do you guys are you still interested in this actually yeah we are it kind of goes back to follow up follow up uh, actually we are, but we just have no way to get it home. And I said, how about this? How about I'll deliver it? And 
you, why would you do that? I said, well, you know, you guys are talking about having to rent a truck and rent a trailer. I said, that's just a lot of hassle. I've got a truck and a trailer. You're 40 minutes away. I'll just bring it to you. Older, retired couple. I'll come to you. And, you know, I made, I made money on that deal. So what a big deal. And I brought it up there and dude, I, they gave our kids gifts and like like light up cups and stuff. I think she was maybe a, uh, daycare person or something maybe uh-huh. a teacher and like invited us in gave us cookies and like they were so appreciative we brought that up there but like i knew the guy wasn't a bs or like i knew you had met him in person i had met him in person it wasn't a money issue like they literally is just a logistics issue and being a salesman you're a problem solver so your your problem is you can't get it home i can get it home for you he maybe even gave me a little extra money. I'm not sure. Maybe 56. Oh, he gave me a hundred extra dollars. Which boss man is the king of meeting, meeting someone okay. halfway or delivering. He's all the time. He's got to make it happen. WIT, whatever it takes. That's Cody's mantra. Whatever, whatever it, it takes. takes. Just make it happen. Uh, there's a, there's a new, I would like to get the book. Um, they were talking about on the Ramsey show. Uh, outrageous. Uh, like not hospitality, but like outrageous customer service or something like mm-hmm. that. And, and, and if, if you know this, don't, don't flame me or whatever, but there's a restaurant in New York city that's been like number one in all of forever in the last, like however many years of all the food magazines and everything. And not because of any particular one thing on the menu. It's how they treat their customers. And he talks about how like, um, you know, basically and it's, and it is outrageous. I mean, the type of shit he does, like there was a, a really big customer or something that was just made the comment about how he had never, he'd been in New York for three weeks and he hasn't had a, a dog, a, a hot dog from a, a hot dog cart, like which, I mean, he's from out of the country or whatever. And it was just something that he would thought about and had built up in his mind. So the restaurant went outside, found a hot dog cart, bought him a hot dog and brought it to him in the restaurant and made nice. the guy's dreams come true. And then like, there was another one where, um, the, 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 couple's honeymoon or whatever got canceled or whatever so they turned their banquet room into a beach like hauled in 10 tons of sand or whatever and turned it into a beach and just like all this all this like out completely outrageous things that he did and he and he said you know the customer experience is is only partially what your product is what they experience is what they remember not necessarily the product is their experience and he he talked about how like he bought an apartment one time and uh, like basically the, the realtor or whatever leaves a bottle of champagne in the, in the fridge or whatever. Like, congratulations. You're like, I don't even freaking drink. Like this is so impersonal. Like if I was running the show, if I was the realtor, I would have remembered that my wife mentioned that when she walked into the living room, she thought this would be a beautiful place to do yoga and that would have been in my mind, like this is what my book's about, like it'd been in my mind and then I would have put a candle and a yoga mat in the corner where she said this would be beautiful and it would have cost me like $20 cheaper than that bottle of wine or whatever and it would have made a lasting impression on my customer. Like he listens, he understands and he knows what I'm about and you know, that's where that, like, that's the book I'd like to read about like 
outrageous customer satisfaction. You know There's what I mean? another book similar to that called the uh, Giftology, The Art of Corporate Gift Giving. Okay. That so, seems like something a promotional products they professional. hate promotional products. Oh, oh, really? Absolutely hate them. So because it's all cookie cutter. Because shit. it's not. It's not personal. Fair enough. So you don't give someone something with your business's name on them. You give them something with their name on it, and they will remember you because of that. Okay. Okay. So yes, giftology. We we need to have a uh, short story long book club. Yes. Talk yes. about books you should read. Okay, Sidebar is an audio book considered reading a book. Mm. Like when you say, have you read the book about blah, blah, blah? I will always say no, but I've listened to it. Okay. You know, that, I that's fair. Say, uh, you know, have you, have, I've listened to that book. Have you read The Total Money Makeover? No. No, but I've listened to it. No. You haven't even listened to it? No. Oh, well, I've listened to it. Anyway. My wife... When we got on Dave Ramsey, my wife read it and she's like, Gave you the cliff notes. She gave me the cliff notes and like I had lived my life like that essentially up until that point. So I was just like on board, like, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Anyway, I, I, I was thinking about that today because I got that audiobook gift card in the mail and I have Everyday Millionaires on my bookshelf. I have listened to that one. And I've listened to it and I bought um, The Proximity Principle. And I read it on the airplane to and from Vegas. Okay. And I and I was just thinking to myself, like I have both these books. I've got both of them in my bedroom. And I'm thinking, well, I've physically read this one, but I've listened. Uh, this one was read to me. Mm-hmm. So I I I just total total off tangent thing. But is is listening to a book still considered reading it? Because like Dave says in my interview, I'll ask, what's the last three books you read? And so I'm thinking, if I'm ever interviewed, what's the last three books you read? Well, I haven't read shit. I've listened to b- mm-hmm. books, but I don't know if that counts or not. I mean, as long as you get the same thing out of it. I do read on airplanes just because there's no internet and I'm not fancy enough to download books beforehand and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But um, I don't fly enough to really get enough reading done. Right. Just when I went to Vegas every year, I'd read a book. Uh, I read... <clears throat> there's one about an engineer at, at uh, GM. I read Big Sid's Vincati. I don't know if I ever told you about that, but uh-uh. I guess in Europe there's a Vincent and a Bucati or something, motorcycles, and they <clears throat> got into like the one handles really good with the other one's got more power. So they, it's a book about how this dad and a son put a... Uh, put the motor from one in the chassis of another and they're wow. like world famous. And they go back to talking about, you know, the engineers, how they used to, you know, test the bikes and all this. A, my grandma gave it to me for Christmas on Christmas Eve. And I stayed up, I started reading it at her house Christmas Eve and I stayed up till I finished the book. Damn. Okay. It must've been a good book. It was a good book. All right. Anyway, what but, were we talking about? So, Selling stuff on marketplace. Oh yeah, uh, I've got two more <laughs> okay. two more cliffs here. Okay. Um, I would say don't discount parking your stuff alongside the road for sale. Okay. Uh, I usually don't on vehicles just because like, well, who buys anything off the side of the road? But boomers. I've, I've bought tractors off the side of the road. I put my red Jeep for sale along the side of the road and got tons of interest from it. I didn't sell it off the side of the road, but I did get a lot of phone calls. 
a lot of text. So I would say if, if it's for sale, it's definitely not going to hurt for it to be sitting somewhere with a for sale sign on it. So one thing you said to me before we started this podcast, mine is in my driveway for sale with the for sale sign in the windshield. I had it parked for a couple weeks at the Snap-on building with the for sale sign in the windshield. Just because you drive it, it's easy just to throw it on the rearview mirror and and, and walk out. You told me I needed to put it on the side windows because you see a lot more signage driving past it on the side window in the windshield. So now I'm wondering if I shouldn't redo my ad and put it parked on you know route 40 in front of the snap-on building with for sale signs in the side windows and see what that gets try report back because uh because i know your truck's for sale but when i drive by you only see the for sale sign for a split second so one thing maybe psychologically as a buyer they see it on the side of the road and they think oh man this this is a deal because it's not on the internet it's it's for sale with a for sale sign so they're more likely to stop and get information i've I've stopped and got phone numbers off of all kind of shit off the side of the road. If I see something that any of my friends is interested in, if I see a golf cart or a tractor, I text the info to Cody about the golf cart. I text Dozer the info about the tractor. Um, I'll text if I'll, I mean, if it's a Jeep I'm interested or maybe Randy Dawsonbrock or like just because I have that thought like, oh, this is on the side of the road. This isn't like no one knows about this except for whoever drives by. Right. You know, like this is this could be a deal. Doesn't always happen that way, but that's what my brain in- immediately goes to. So my very last one is: Do you have any stories on selling stuff? Oh Anything my gosh, that sticks out. My. I'll, I'll go first. If you or do you have? Uh, one? Oh, I got one, but you can go first. So my biggest one is when I was selling my F two fifty seven three OBS Ford. I had a guy from Champaign say, "I want to meet you. I want to look at this truck." I want to meet at noon. So I took off work, went home, sat there for two hours. Guy ghosted me. Okay. So I went back, back to work. He messaged me like an hour or two later, said, Hey, I got called into work. Like I'm a firefighter. I apologize. Like I got called into work as an emergency. Mm-hmm. I want to come tomorrow and look at it or whatever. A week later. Okay. want to do it at noon. So take off work. Um, Go home, meet the guy, you know, go home, wait for the guy, never shows up. Message him, no answer. Message him, no answer. Go back to work. He messages me, hey, I got called into work again. Like, I'm really, really sorry. Like, you know, can I meet you in another week? I bet you are. I bet you're sorry. And I said, okay. I mean, he sounded super interested. I said, okay. Like, you talked to me a couple times. Can I meet you at noon? So, took off work. Went home, sat there for two hours. I probably didn't sit there for two hours the last time. Sat there for 20 minutes. He didn't show up, didn't answer the phone. Um, Went back to work. Guy messages me the next day. Hey, I was actually on the way. My phone died. I didn't have a charger. And I couldn't use the GPS to get to your house. Oh, God. Um, So I had to turn around and go home. So at this point, what's your thoughts? Oh, at this point, I'm livid. And I tell the guy about himself, tell me, I said, I've took off work three days. No, 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 no. I really want, I really want. I said, not for, I would never sell this truck to you ever and blocked it. So 
So that, that was the end of the story. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's just my selling story that sticks out in my mind. Oh, I thought I thought there was going to be some happy ending like no, he came. Okay. No, no happy ending. Uh, one other one is there's a guy from Newton, not Newton, Neoga, was looking for a John Deere 316. They only made the John Deere 316 garden tractor one year. So it was a 317, but the 317 has a two-cylinder engine in it. The 316 had a one-cylinder engine in it. There's What's the one Harrison selling? The guy in Greenup? Yeah. Or who, oh, it's a 210 or something. It's junk. Uh, it's just, I mean, not junk. People like him. It's just not my style. Okay. Uh, it's more of an entry-level deal. They're anyway. nice, nice enough tractors. Um, I didn't buy it because Amanda needs one. So after this podcast. Oh, that one would be fine if well, you wanted to use it. Well, we, we need to have a, a tractor, garden tractor conversation slash lawnmower conversation because... That one's uh, gearbox. It's not hydro. Correct. She wants hydro. Oh, so well. anyway, continue. So he wants a 316. I had a 317. I explained to him, I said, it's the exact same tractor, but it's a two-cylinder engine instead of one-cylinder engine. The two-cylinder engine 17 horse. The one-cylinder engine is 16 horse. Well, the reason they went with the one-cylinder engine is because that two-cylinder engine sucks so bad. Yeah. They had pressurized oil but it was a five psi oil pressure system mm. so it used pressurized oil and splash at the same time that sounds super handy <clears throat> anytime you'd side hill it it'd blow the engine which is probably so, a common thing so you, for, mo- for if you had a it was it was a kohler kt17 was the engine okay and actually that's why john deere went to the onans in the 80s is because they john deere got such a bad name from that engine okay so Five PSI oil pressure, if you'd side hill it, it'd blow up. And some guys had them for years. If you had a flat yard, it'd run for years. Right. So they went with the 316, which was one year. I'm getting into a tangent here, but <laughs> real bad. I like garden tractors, if you can't tell. <laughs> well, this guy from Neoga wants one. I have, a three, six, I have a 317. Comes, drives it, gets on it, does a circle, goes, nope, don't like it. Gets in his truck and leaves. Okay. Okay, whatever. So two or three months goes by and I have a 316, which they made another 316 in the 80s that was a twin cylinder. It's different. It's not the same 316. You got the 316 single cylinder and it's called a closed back. And you've got a 316 twin cylinder in the 80s that's considered an open back okay so i had an a late 80s open back twin cylinder 316 which is not probably as desirable as the closed back uh, I'm guessing, it's, it's a nice tractor it's basically a 318 without power steering so <laughs> i should have known <laughs> yeah idiot stupid idiot um just like the 330 is the 332 without power steering okay so and some other things, but power steering being your main thing. Uh, so he comes, gets on same it. Same guy. Same guy. Same guy. Hey, I seen you at 316. I said, just to warn you, this is not the 316 you think. Well, I want to come look at it. Gets out of His wife is the one who talks to me. He never talks to me. His wife talks to me. Okay. Which that's like Cody's pet peeve. You know what I mean? Like, just talk oh, to me direct. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No middleman. So she's super nice lady. If she's listening, she's probably not. So he would... <laughs> Show up, get out of his truck, get on the tractor, fire it up, do a, a cir- circle, do a circle, get off, said, nope, don't like it, get in his truck and leave. Did that twice. Did you ever ask him 
what is it that you don't like when you when he does a circle is there something he's looking for that he doesn't know. like or i don't know well it just isn't the same is what he would say because i think well what you know the same as what real, something you're used he to he had or? two 316s already and they were wore out uh, and he wanted a 316 mm. the the old style 316 they only made them in 1978 so i mean they're out there but good luck yeah good luck okay okay so the th- the, I, I don't blame him for not buying the 317. He had hills and stuff to mow on. It had probably blown up immediately. Right. But the 316, the, the open back 316 would have been more tractor than the other old one. Like, okay. It would have been a lot nicer. The tractor. one that it had been nicer than the one he was after. Yes. Okay. And funny story, I ended up delivering that one to Newton, to a guy, to make a sale happen. Diff- different delivery. Yep. Okay. <laughs> but this was it in was, the tractor hustling days when yes, you were really getting it. But I showed up to this place in Newton, and the grass was waist tall. Mm. And I'm like... Gave that bitch a workout for day yes, one. Yes, but I, I just told him, I said, if you're mowing this yard with this tractor, if it dies, don't call me. Yeah. And they never called Lose me. Lose my number. Yep. Okay. So I had another guy sold a uh, put a motor on a... It's a lot of lawnmower talk. Put a motor <laughs> on a zero turn. And he bought the zero turn off of me, worked completely fine. He goes, yeah, I haven't mowed my yard in a year. He said, it's like knee tall. So he leaves. Six hours later, calls, just, this mower is the biggest piece of junk. You sold me a lemon, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, you just told me you were going home to mow your yard that's knee tall. Yeah. I said, uh, this, there's no warranty. You need to give me my money back. I said, if you bring it back, I'll give you half your money back. And never showed up. Hmm. Told him, didn't you? So, what's what's you got a selling story that sticks out? Yeah, so I really need guest host Kyle Willenberg for this, but my favorite selling story is my D50. Oh, um, yes. So, because it was so unique, um, I get hey, let's rewind to another selling tip. If you're going to sell something that is partially unique, get join the facebook pages oh yes for that stuff for the niche so so like it didn't really work in my favor but uh gary was selling or trying to get rid of that uh 67 el camino Mm -hmm. i joined like four el camino pages just to post this listing in so you get i mean every message i got on the car was from one of the pages that it was listed on but uh anyway this this uh, D50, like I've said in a previous podcast, was the convertible with the solo cut paint theme and everything. Um, I had that listed a lot of different places, and I got a ton of messages. I mean, I, I mean, people would message me just to talk about the truck, and uh, it it was honestly a hell of a lot of fun to just interact with people about the truck i mean it's almost like driving it to the gas station and and getting the the feedback but i had a lot of people i don't i only had a couple people come and look at it but i had a lot of people interested in it you know want to know what i'd take and message after message after message but the guy that finally came and bought it i got a message from an older gentleman and he was asking me a few questions about it and he said can you call me i said sure he gave me his phone number and i called him and he was asking me some questions about it. And uh, I could kind of get the vibe that he was wanting to buy us as a daily driver. And I said, here's the deal, man. The top does not hold water. It is not a daily driver. 
It's not going to work for you. Whatever. He says, okay, thanks for your honesty. Um, we're, we're looking for a daily driver. So I don't think anything of it. A little couple days later, maybe a week later, another guy messages me. And he starts asking me some questions about it. And then he tells me like his dad had called me. And I said, I've already told your dad that this is not a daily driver. And he's like, well, he's an idiot. Doesn't know what he's talking about. I got a daily driver. This is fine. I want the truck. All right, man. No big deal. So it was it was in the winter. I don't remember. Was it spring or was it fall? I'm not sure. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. It was cold. Like, mm, 25 30 degrees outside and this guy gets a hold of me and he's like okay and and, and i'd been completely straightforward with him like this is there's no top it's you know a convertible it's not a daily driver so i just want it as a toy that's fine man your your money's just as green as anybody else's like if you want to buy it that's fine so he shows up in a like a nissan frontier pickup truck and uh it's cold. It's me and Kyle are out in the garage and we're working on my GTX and he comes in and he's like, Oh man, starts talking about the GTX me. Like, dude, like, don't worry about my car. You're here to buy this truck. And he's like, Oh man, I had a car just like this. Like, yeah, you and everybody else, you know? So he looks at the truck and he's in love with it. I gotta have it. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. And I'm thinking like, and this truck's outside running. I'm thinking, man, where, how are you getting this truck home? Like, you got another trailer coming or what? Well, he rented the truck from Enterprise. And he obviously had had it for a few weeks because it was completely full of shit. And he's like, uh, I'm going to drive it home to St. Louis. And me and Kyle look at each other like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. And he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just drive it home. I was like, well, what are you going to do with your truck? Oh, it's a rental. It's a rental. I'm like, what? Like, this does not make any sense. And uh, he's like, yeah, it, uh, it's, it's Enterprise. Is there an Enterprise around here? Like, didn't even look. Didn't even look before right. he came to Effingham. Like, is there an Enterprise around here? Well, luckily, there's one literally six blocks from my house. And he's like, okay, give me directions. I'll go drop the truck back off there. And then I'll, I'll walk back here. I'm like, dude, it's 25. Like, I'll give you a ride. Like, don't worry about it. And so he's like, all right, cool. So he's cleaning all the shit out of this this Nissan. And I mean, he fills my driveway up with shit. I mean, absolutely fills it like just bags and boxes and just random stuff. Like this dude was living in this truck. Like me and Kyle are just looking at each other. like, what the fuck is going on? We give him, uh, we, we meet him at enterprise and it takes him like 20 minutes to put the keys in the drop box. I'm just convinced as shit. This truck is stolen. I had like Pennsylvania plates on it, which I know mm-hmm. rental vehicles have weird plates from different states and stuff. But I was like, man, I don't know. This is weird as shit. I'm glad. I was so glad Kyle was there to share in the experience with me. He's like, no one would think I was lying, you know? Right. So we pick him up and we bring it back. And we're just stuffing all of his shit in this. And this guy was, I I thought he was a crackhead, but everyone else says he was a cokehead just by like the way he acted and stuff, which I've never been around any cokeheads. I've never really been around crackheads either. Just a, 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 a term for somebody who's mm-hmm. freaking nuts. He's got like, like a Hawaiian shirt on and he's just wild. I mean, he's just a wild man. And uh, how old is this guy? He was probably in his late... 30s early 40s okay but acted like he was 17 you know okay and uh, he's a contractor in st louis sure 
And uh, so he had a, uh, <laughs> he had a, like a Moscow mule cup and he was drinking, he had like little mini bottles of champagne like you get at a hotel. Okay. And Sprite. Okay. And he had a huge bag of dum-dums and he said he quit smoking. He's got to eat these dum-dums and he's drinking champagne and Sprite out of a Moscow mule cup. And he offered me and Kyle a drink. I'm like, no, dude, I'm, we're, I'm good. Good. we're good. Thanks. And, uh, so he loads all his shit up in the truck and we, st- I mean, stuffed it, which I had that bed cover mm-hmm. and we like lifted it up and like shove stuff underneath the bed cover. And he's got like this, like, like the plastic contractor clipboards that like open up and you put shit inside so this of them. Dude paid you for this truck yet at this point? Uh, no. No, he didn't. Okay. And like, we're loading all this shit up and I'm like, so how are you going to like, and cause we had, we discussed cash and he's like, well, I think I was at, I think I had come down to 5,500 on the truck and he's like, well, can I pay you this much in cash and this much in Venmo? And I'm like, dude, I don't Venmo. Like I had one, but I've like, I've, I've done like $30 for the transactions. And Kyle's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. And, uh, I was like, okay. And I think it was supposed, I think it was supposed to be. 1400 in Venmo and what it, what would be the balance of that 55 45 3100 whatever what I can't do math I'm drunk anyway he he gives me this cash he's like I got a Venmo you 1400 and he's like peeling off cash and he's 20 bucks shy and he was like oh I I I bought some stuff at Walgreens like I'm 20 bucks shy so he Venmo's me or he's going to Venmo me like 14.20, but then he's like, Hey, can I actually Venmo you like this much? And then at the end of the week, when I get paid, I have like 50 bucks for gas to get home. And I'm like, me and Kyle are just like, like I'm, this guy's been at my house for an hour. It's now it's like 11 o'clock at night. He said he was going to show up at 10 o'clock. He showed up at 10 30 or whatever. Now it's like 11 past 11. It's like 1130 now at this point. And I'm just like, dude, whatever. Pay me, get the f out of my garage. Like, I'm done with you. Right. And uh, whatever it ended up being, it was he. I can't remember now. The details are foggy, but he basically he he shorted me five hundred dollars. He paid me five grand after cash and Venmo, and was gonna Venmo me another five hundred in the next Friday or whatever when he got paid again. Whatever. And everyone was like busting my ass, like. You you lost five hundred dollars. Like, well, I would have taken forty five hundred for it, and right. I got five grand, and I took a gamble on getting another five hundred. Like, it's gone, it's out of my life, it's whatever. So this dude loads up, and uh, he's he can't figure out how to get it in reverse, can't figure out how to turn the headlights on. So I go help him with that. He's parked in the middle of the road outside my house. I guess he's like googling how to get back to St. Louis or whatever. But I I. I shut the garage door. I'm like, whatever. And then me and Kyle look around and the, the top that's all busted up that doesn't really work is sitting there. And I'm like, oh shit, he forgot this. So I run out in the middle of the road. He's still there 10 minutes later. I'm like, hey, you might need this. Like it'd be a good pattern for somebody to make you a new one or right. whatever. And uh, he's like, oh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. So he finally leaves. Kyle leaves. Like we're just like, what the F just happened? You know what I mean? So I go inside. We had been dirty from work on the car. So I take a shower. So that like 45 minutes goes by. I take a shower, get into my PJs. I crawl into bed. I'm you know scrolling Facebook, whatever, messing around on my phone. And I'm just about to roll over and go to sleep. And it's like 1230. 
And he messaged me like, hey, man, how do you get the heat to work in this truck? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like the heat worked kind of for me, but I never drove it when it was cooler than 65 degrees out. Sure, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. And he's like, man, this this heat situation, it's, it's not good. Like I need, I need to drive this Like I'm cold. Like, well, it's winter time and you're driving a convertible with no top. Like you're going to be cold. I said, I, I don't know what to tell you. Put cardboard in front of the radiator, lose my number. I don't shut the hell up. You know? Yes. So, uh, he, he messaged me the next day and he's like, yeah, I got home just fine. I'm, I'm going to take it to my mechanic and see what this heat's going to take to fix. Like whatever. I'm like, when are you going to pay me? You know? And like, for three weeks after that, I messaged him, like, you going to pay me? And he's like, no, man, I, I, I got to keep this 500 bucks to, to fix the heater in it. And I was like, at this point, I was like, whatever. It's gone. It's done. It's over with. That was the absolute most interesting selling experience I've ever had in my life. And w- next time I have Kyle on here, we'll have him talk about his, his side of that equation because it was just a wild-ass night for sure. Right on. Well... I uh, I'm out of out of out of points here. Oh, well, we've been running on long enough for this one. So, um, tell me your craziest selling something story. If you have any tips on how to sell stuff, reach out and uh, drop us a line. And again, share this with somebody you think might enjoy it and uh, help us grow this thing and reach more people with our absolute just ramblings of nothingness. Yes, and so, I do. I sure do appreciate the few. I mean. We don't get a lot of views, but I feel like there's, you know, a handful of people, there's a dozen people who really do listen to this and appreciate it. And I guess we'll, we're, we'll, we'll keep doing it for you guys. And you know, the people who do listen and do appreciate it and like it, uh, that's super cool. We appreciate that. And, uh, you know, keep writing in and we'll keep doing whatever. So. Yep. We, we, we enjoy it and, uh, really thoroughly enjoy the feedback. So reach out on Facebook or ask ASK short story long at gmail.com and we'll read your email aloud on there. So you guys have a good one and thanks for joining us and we'll see you on the next yeah, one. Yeah, See you later guys.